Shade from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. How are you doing, Darren? I'm doing all right, my friend. Doing okay. Just, uh, you know, I'm trying not to say living a life chasing a dream because I say that a lot. You do? I'm trying to think of a new catchphrase. Okay. I'm trying to think of a new way to start this this puppy off. Listeners, please uh, contact Darren on the socials and let him know what you think his new catchphrase should be. Yeah, let, let me know. Just He's open to suggestions. I'm open to suggestions as long as it's not something uh, problematic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sexist or vaguely racist, something that could get me canceled. By well, the there woke, go all my suggestions. Yeah, um, by the woke left. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a big concern? Uh no, not really. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could use the attention, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause it seems like everybody who's canceled gets to complain about being canceled on their Netflix special or something. So... Yeah, I know. They always I, seem to have an outlet to complain about being canceled. And it's like, no, you haven't been canceled. Dude. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, yeah I, for the purposes of the discussion, I'm assuming the person canceled as a dude. Yeah, I, I mean, when you said that, I was thinking about uh, the that Roseanne Barr special that came out on... Uh, Fox Nation. Oh, is that where it came out? Yeah. yeah. I don't, like I, I, a friend of mine, uh, my friend Brian Cronin was uh, posting about Roseanne this week. He does. He has a site called uh, what is it called? Pop culture. Oh shit! Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm blanking on the the exact name of it. It's like pop pop culture something or other. Uh, do pop culture and Brian Cronin, and you'll find it. Um, but he he talked about like pop culture myths and things like that, and he was. He wrote a thing saying like, oh, yeah, the, the way they killed off Roseanne on the, the Connor show was fine. And it made sense in the continuity of the show because apparently she was complaining about that. Um, about what? the uh, That she got killed? About how her. they wrote her out of the show. Because oh, like, yeah. On, yeah. It, like she had the revival of Roseanne. She said the racist shit. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting rid of her, but we're going to keep the show going. So they rebranded the show, The Connors. And apparently right. they wrote it out because her out by saying like she had an od from opiates or something but she was yeah like, her character on the show was taking uh a prescription drugs and having a addiction so it, it was a logical way to write her out is what Brian oh said. so when she was in the rebooted she was like popping pills like, apparently they did at least one story about that yes hmm. all right so yeah so that makes sense all right right so, i mean that's yeah it's not like a poochie where they had her go off to back to her home planet or nothing and honestly i would have been fine with that as well because like you know we're, we're getting rid of roseanne that just seems like a net gain to me yeah i've Absolutely. never been too terribly fond of her i find her rather annoying i i will admit i back in the day i thought her show was very interesting like i, I did I, i'll admit i did like the old you know original oh. recipe Roseanne. Uh, the OG Roseanne. Yeah, but just because, like, it did show, like, a side of, you know, America that you really didn't see. Like, um, Well, that's true, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. it was about blue-collar America and the sort of life that, you know, the people were struggling more. Yeah. I just never watched much of it just because I always found her annoying. So. No, I, yeah, I could see that, but, like, I mean, yeah, her was kind of annoying, but it had John Goodman in it and Laurie Metcalf and those are two like yeah. powerhouse actors so like mm-hmm. i enjoyed seeing them in yeah killer cast it was just she was kind of a deal breaker for me so. yeah no i hear you <laughs> yeah hear. uh but yeah i thought the odd episode of the connors and i'm like oh yeah that's all right yeah it's okay i do like that they kind of show this this part of america that you know because i guess like most sitcoms they kind of focus on you know you know uh you know young folks living in the city 
but here it's like you know these middle these middle aged people in the middle America trying to get by. The fact that like a lot of the characters in the family wore the same clothes in different episodes, I thought was I, mean, I don't think I that's ever something like you that. don't see much on TV. No, you don't no see exactly. People recycle in their wardrobes much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like every, if you think about that, that's like a big thing. Like every yeah sitcom, you see people wearing totally different gear or totally different clothing. But like Roseanne, they had these things where like oh she wore that sweatshirt. On like like two weeks ago in the last episode, and they had right. things like where Dan uh, started a motorcycle shop and it went out of business and failed, and De- mm-hmm. and Becky ran away and eloped with her boyfriend. Like it's like like all these like real life shit that people like you don't see too much in like sitcom. I thought I was thought was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like so I did like the show. Her and her politics. That's that's a whole another uh, ball of wax. Well, I mean, that doesn't match what you were telling me before we started recording. I mean, you were, like, you were like, man, she was really on the money with all of that stuff. <laughs> she was telling it like it is, and the woke media liberally won't let her do the bit here. Folks, this is what Darren sounds like when we're not recording. I um, this... I turn it, yeah, I turn it to David Tell. Yeah, he's he's been doing this uh, this character voice for quite some time, and I'm surprised that it took this long for the mask to finally come off. That's but right. anyway, um, should we get to the main pop topic of this podcast? Let's talk about the main pop topic of this podcast, or or the main topic. We could do that too. Yeah. Um, we're here to talk about SNL Saturday Night Live, and uh, this week it's uh, Travis Kelsey as the host and uh, Kelsey ballerini as the musical guest that's not going to get confusing for us nope uh not at all this was season 48 episode 14 from march the 4th 2023 Mm -hmm. so um yeah you know it's not unusual these days for us to have not heard of the musical guest but usually we've heard of the host in some fashion and this week not so much yeah we were not familiar with travis kelsey Uh, yeah i mean that's mainly because as we said before we're not sports people we don't follow the sports ball right so like i mean if we were of course we'd know that um you know travis is you know tight end for the kansas city chiefs he's won two super bowls including the most recent one as he Mm -hmm. mentioned in the monologue right uh he has a brother that actually plays for the philadelphia eagles correct um and uh he's he's been around for a bit apparently like uh i know he has a podcast i believe with his brother and oh, cool. um, yeah, yeah, he was on Jimmy Fallon, and uh, apparently, as he's talked about it also in the monologue, he had a reality dating show back in 2016. You see, I didn't know that, and we, we will we will talk about that, I suppose, when we get to the monologue. But yeah, that's right. that's kind of interesting, I guess. Kinda. I mean, that's like vaguely interesting. <laughs> Mildly interesting. Mildly interesting. I mean, that, and that's that's what we're going for, right? That's what that's what we aim for here. That's uh, where we live. Uh, so yeah, so this was kind of uh, uncharted territory for us as SNL fans. Yeah, because like as we said before, usually when the host is an athlete, it could go one or uh, one of two ways. Usually, with the exception of wrestlers, athletes are usually kind of okay to not great. I don't. I don't eagerly anticipate the athlete hosted episodes of SNL just because yeah, usually they're not going to be great actors. Yeah. Um, I mean, usually, I mean, there are some that like use their not grading. They're not grading. They're not great acting skills to their detriment to be charming. Like uh, Charles Barkley. Like, uh-huh. he's, he's been, you know, he's been there four times and people 
seem to really like him, even though he's not that great an actor. Or And, of course, you have the – once in a while you have an uh, athlete who's actually really good at comedy, like uh, Peyton Manning, who's – Right, like, he's like a unicorn. He's like one of the few people that can actually. I mean, really I mean, do it. I, I think the big standout is The Rock. I mean, yeah, he's, he he was so good at hosting SNL that really I think helped launch his acting career in a big way. I would, you know what? Yeah, I would say so. I think it's one of those things where people saw him as this big beefy dude, so they figured, oh, he's probably good. Uh, you know, good action hero. He'd be like our new Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And I think he was going that route for a while. Right. And like you said, as he did more and more episodes of SNL and hosted, people saw like, oh, he's kind of funny too. He can like yeah. do some comedy. So maybe he can... he can deliver a line. He can do the yeah. comedy. Let's put him in some comedy. Let's let's yeah. have him do some stuff. We'll put him in some funny make em ups. Yeah, this big be- big slab of beef is a, it's funny as fuck. Yeah. And by the way, SNL, uh, Let's have John Cena host. Let's do it. Like, come on, like get off your ass. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, he's... like, what are you even doing? What? How was he not hosted recently? That is surprising. Yeah. Like I thought, because like even after um like the the Peacemaker show came back, he was having like a a bit of a resurgence. Like he's I'm having gonna... a moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would. And, love then, to... and then he's in the Knives Out sequel. He's he's in Glass Onion. He kicks ass in that. And oh wait, no, I think you're thinking about Dave Bautista. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I'm, you know, yeah, Some somehow my brain went right from John Cena to Dave Bautista, and, which is weird because I do totally know that they're different people. <laughs> they're all just big slab of... I was just picturing, like, the big, beefy guys who are both funny. But, uh, yeah, Dave Bautista also needs to host SNL. I would love to see Dave Bautista host it, because mm-hmm. he's, he's actually made some really interesting choices in his yes. acting, uh, in the movies he's been in lately. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, and of course, he's in the most recent M. Night Shyamalan movie. He was in, uh, what was it, like Blade Runner, the, the most recent Blade Runner movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's uh, he's actually kind of branching out and, like, really trying to... Yeah, you know, I know, and it's, it's cool, job. and I think he has some talent, and I think John Cena has some talent, and I, I'd love to see them both host. That would... Those would both be fun hosts. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, SNL, if you're listening, and we know you are, uh, book both of these uh, big boys. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, um, the show at hand. Mm -hmm. It opened up with a Fox and Friends cold open uh, talking about the Dominion lawsuit. Uh, So, we got a new bunch of cast members playing the people from Fox and Friends now, which is kind of different. We got Mikey Day, we got Heidi, and we got Bowen. And, you know, I, re- I remember back in the day, <laughs> back in my day, back in my day when it was, uh, who, who was it? We had, uh, we had Vanessa Bayer playing the blonde lady. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Bobby in there too? Bobby Moynihan was playing Steve Ducey. Uh, I want to say Taryn Killam maybe. Yeah. I think it was Taryn. Yeah. 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 And now and... we got like a whole new crop of kids. Yep. Yep. I kind of miss them doing the Fox corrections thing where they would just like run the rapid fire cor- corrections and you'd have to use your, your pause button or slow-mo to see what they all were. That was fantastic. That that, that was, was wonderful. Um, that, it was just yeah. absurd things that were said on Fox news. Um, yeah. I kind of wish, I, they, I wish they would bring that back when they I, do the yeah. Fox and Friends stuff. I definitely wish they bring that. It's a better way to end the sketch, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Um, so here they're talking about, Fox is getting sued by the Dominion voting machine people. It's like a $1.6 billion lawsuit. Uh, and, and it's come out over the course of this trial that 
like the Foxos don't really believe much of anything they say or push on the air, which Whoa. Ooh, shocker. What? Um, it's all a sham. You're kidding me. Yeah. Um, oh. So what? So what do we think of this? Eh. Okay. <laughs> you know, like they have. Uh, well, they have Heidi who plays uh, Ainley Ainsley Earnhardt. That's the about, name. Ainsley, yes. Uh, Steve Ducey, Ainsley Earnhardt, and Brian Kilmeade. Right. Um, you know, they talk about uh, the Dominion lawsuit. Of course, they confuse Dominions with the Minions. Right. So the they're, they're mixing up Rupert Murdoch with uh, Alex Murdo, the, the guy whose big trial is happening this week, and he got a guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like, Rupert Murdoch's not a murderer, which uh, kind of funny. Um, kind of. Kind of. I mean, it's in the ballpark of funny. It's, <laughs> you know, it's... It's in the neighborhood. Like, in... You, you take a couple turns and you, you like you pass it by on your way to Hilarity Town. It's in the vicinity of funny. Like if you it's put in the it... vicinity, it, like funny is it's not out of sight. Yeah, it's you if can you... see it. It's like a little blurry in the distance. Maybe you have to put your your glasses on. Yeah, like if you put it, if you typed in funny in your GPS, it would be like, oh, it's like a twenty minute drive. All right, right, right. I can, I can get there. Um, and we have James Nelson Johnson showing up as Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. Uh, pretty uh, good impression. Yeah, solid impression. You know, he's talking, of course, spewing out uh, other untruths. Like every Dominion machine has a Venezuelan Oompa Loompa in it that eats your votes. Yeah. Love that line. That was a great line. A Venezuelan Oompa Loompa. Uh, yeah, and of course, I also like the fact that he um, talks about how all this has uh, taken a toll on his wife. And of course, he pulls out a pillow with a woman's face drawn on it. Ha ha ha! Calls her Pillowmina. Yay! Uh huh. Um, this was—I mean, it wasn't much more than okay for me. It—it was—it was fine. The performances were good. Uh, yeah, know, making, the, uh, making fun of Fox News—it's kind of shooting fish in a barrel at this point, right? Yeah, I would say so. And also the fact that it ended on the uh, O.J. Simpson joke. I, that kind of came out. Oddish way to end. Yeah, I was like, are we still doing OJ now? It's we SNL has had a lot of trouble with ending sketches lately, I've found. Yeah. A lot of sketches just seem to end very randomly or very abruptly or both. And we see both of those things in evidence in tonight's show, I think. Yeah. Look, I'm not look, I'm no, you know, big fancy city comedy writer. Right. So, like, I can't say that I would be able to just write a, you know, fantastic, you know, ending for a sketch every time. So, I know it's tough, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Some of, the, some of these endings for these sketches are, like, they just, they're just, like, whatever the end. Yeah. I, I yeah, gotta the, go. The ending with O.J. Simpson, I, I can't even quite remember the rationale they used. And, and yeah, Keenan was just... I did like how off-the-cuff Keenan said the lie from New York at Saturday Night thing um yeah that was i thought that was amusing just because you never hardly ever hear it said that way yeah usually they they scream it like they're uh in labor or something well yeah i think that's something dana carvey kind of started he he would always go live from new york at saturday night and he'd always draw the night and kind of everybody else followed Uh, that lead uh everybody's biting off his style yeah yeah Mm. i mean it's dana carvey's world we're just living in it my friend um uh but yeah like I wasn't too well. I thought the cold open was okay. I think the fact that it's pretty short helps it out. 
didn't overstay its welcome. Like yeah. that. Like yeah. that. We're in the we're in the four to five minute mark, which is the sweet spot, I feel like. Yeah, keep that up, guys. Keep yeah. that up. I'm glad we're not doing much of the seven minute cold opens. Yeah, just lately. Yeah. I will I will give these cold opens that. They are learning to make them shorter. Like just yes. they're cutting the fat. And for that, I applaud them. Yes. That's me. That's that's me applauding them. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Yay. All right. Um, uh, by the way, I guess we should say uh, we we don't have writer credits for this week because we weren't able to find them before we started recording. So, yeah. good job, writers. I'll just <laughs> I'll just say a big blanket thank you to all the writers. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Some... All right, breaking news. All right, I just found the writers. All right, somebody put it up. Well, now now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> now you're a damn dirty liar. I've, I'm not even joking. I was just looking on Twitter, and um, somebody just twenty posted. minutes he's been searching for these people. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, well, don't keep us in suspense. Who who wrote the cold open? Do we have credits? Yes, Allison Gates, Streeter Seidel, Ken Sublet. Okay, well here here's some applause directed directly to you, folks. Yay. Yay. That is weird how we were talking about. You just mentioned it and I just found it. Yeah, well, I that thought is... I should say something because we usually do try to make an effort to credit the writers. Is... Um, and I didn't realize you were still searching. I thought, I... I thought like me, you had given up long ago. But, Actually, uh... I, I had. I was just like randomly looking through uh, Twitter while you were talking and it just popped up. Crazy. Wow, okay, so you only have to pay attention to me when I'm talking. Good to know. Good to know, my friend. Wait, what? Good to know. I don't know. Okay. All right, I see. I see. I see what you're doing. Hmm? Are you wait? Are, right. You done? Yeah. Okay. okay. Monologue. 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 Uh, Travis Kelsey came out and did the monologue. Okay. First off, this is something I didn't notice until the rewatch. What the heck was going on with the cut of his jacket? Uh, I didn't even notice. Why? What's wrong? He, okay. Okay. He's he's wearing he's wearing a jacket, and it was he came out and it's like I've never seen a jacket with the, this sort of cut. It's like he has two extra sleeves sewn into the middle of it, and they're just dangling in the front. Mm. So it's like a jacket with like kind of a loincloth, but it's like cuffs. Oh, because they were like buttons on the cuffs, and then like he's got like a double uh, uh, lapel thing. Like there's a lapel underneath each lapel. It's so weird. I've never seen a jacket cut like this. I didn't even notice that. Why? Wow, I didn't know yeah, you're such I, a f- but the fashionista there, John. He is. He, I mean, I'm not really saying it looked bad. It was just odd and interesting to me. So I just wanted to see if that was something that you noticed. And the answer is no. So we no. will move on. I did not. Wow, John's like, like a regular Tim Gunn over here. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was making it work. I will say that. Making it work. It just, it, it's just weird. I, I don't right. see the function of that. I don't see the purpose of that. I'm, I'm. I'm perplexed. He's just just trying out a new style, baby. It's called okay. fashion. It's called fashion, darling. Okay, okay, all right. Um, so he came out and he sort of like went through his vitals for the people who might not know him. Plays yes. for the Kansas City Chiefs. Played in two Super Bowls, including the one we just had. Played against his brother, who is a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, uh, yeah, his brother's in the audience along with his mom and dad. And, he, and he's, like, very stone-faced. He's talking about, like, the competition between them. And he's like, oh, no, it's never affected our relationship. And then they just cut to Jason go, just looking kind of angry. Yes. Uh, that was cute. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, and he agreed that the uh, ref made the right call during right. the Super Bowl. And, of course, he clearly does not. Right, right. 
Um, so that, it was funny that they were playing that up. I mean, I gotta say, uh, overall, I was pretty impressed with him in the monologue. It's, uh, you know, as he said, like, you know, m- most athletes, they're not really public speakers, except for like post-game interviews and stuff. And he even like cut to him giving a pep talk to his teammates, which was just him going, more, more, more. Yeah. Um, He's a fan of the uh, Andrea True Connection song. But but I was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's but, a deep cut. Yes, yes. More, more, more. How do you, you like, like it? How do you, you like it? it? Song's awesome. Uh, uh, but, you know, I thought he came off very well in the monologue. He was very relaxed. He was very natural. He was, he, he's very charismatic. I, I could see why they asked him to host. And I was like, okay. I'm, I'm very impressed with him so far, and I feel I have a good feeling about the show. Yeah, and they, you know, talked about growing up and how he was kicked off his high school team for failing English and French, and yeah, got kicked off his college team because he tested positive for weed, and mm-hmm. like he was really sort of telling these stories of kind of endearing him to the yeah. audience. Who so he's like, even if that happens to you, you can grow up and play in two Super Bowls. So. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, so I, I was impressed with him. It was, I mean, certainly better than last week's Woody Harrelson monologue. Yeah, it, yeah. it didn't end. Yeah. It didn't end in an anti-vax rant, so it's a thumbs up for me. Yeah, yeah. I still don't know what was going on there, but oh, uh, oof. Uh, yeah. And, and, oh, but he, he acquitted himself very well with the monologue. Yeah, and uh, of course, he also mentioned his uh, failed reality dating show called uh, Ch- Ca- Catching Ch- Kelsey. That was on E! back in 2016, which I've never heard of. Until I don't think I've ever heard of that. Um, I mean, that's not terribly unusual for me for an E! show. I don't watch the E! network, like, at all, really. Yeah. So, I mean, he said... You could tell me they had most any show on there, and I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and basically he said it was kind of like The Bachelor, but instead of roses, I handed out footballs, and instead of watching, people did not. Yeah, and he... And he he said that, you know, because NBC owns it, it it could be on Peacock, it could be streaming on there, and Peacock was like, no, we're good. <laughs> and that made his brother laugh. Yeah, and then they cut to his brother just laughing his head off, and he was like, ah, I knew I'd get you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, it was cute. It was a nice monologue. Yeah, um, yeah, not bad. I was like, I see the appeal. Yeah. The... I see the appeal, Travis Kelsey. He's a charming slab of beef. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so this monologue was written by Mike DiCenzo and Jake Nordwind. And a very nice job they did. The monologue men. Yeah, yeah. Are, are they, like, the regular monologue guys? Because usually we have, like, regular monologue writers. I think it's normally... I'll go check, but, like, I remember, like, every time I t- we talk about the monologue, I usually see DiCenzo and Nordwind's name in there. Right, yeah. I know I know. John Mulaney has talked about when he was writing at SNL... Like another writer came to him and said, "Like, okay, we're gonna stake out the monologue because the monologue always gets on the show." <laughs> that's hey, that's a pretty, uh, that's some pretty smart thinking there. A solid strategy, man. Solid strategy. And I bet there are a lot of writers who are just like, "Yeah, I don't really want to do the monologue," and he's like, "We're gonna be the monologue guys." That's right. So it's a pretty, it's pretty primo position. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Top of the show. Yeah. Of the show. Speaking of the top of the show, we got our first sketch, uh, American Girl Cafe. American Girl, oh yeah, all right. Uh, you're not going to sing with me? What's happening here? Well, I was I was trying to figure out if you were doing the Tom Petty song. I'm doing, of course. What other American Girl song is there? Well, I don't know, but I heard you go, American Girl, <laughs> not in the tune of the Tom Petty song. And I was like, maybe there's an American Girl song I'm not aware of? Whatever, it was kind of. And then you said, all right. Um, that was a, that was totally in tune. I sound amazing. 
I'm not saying it was out of tune. I'm just saying it wasn't the tune of that song. Whatever, John. I'm the best. That sounds great. Okay. Okay. Folks, let us know. Uh, did that sound like the Tom Petty song? Yes. I say no. I say I had no idea until he said all right. <laughs> and and listeners, please let, let John know that he's wrong and I have the voice of an angel. Thank you. Yeah. Um, American Girl. Uh, American Girl Cafe, written by Mikey Day, Street of Seidel. Okay, okay. And with this one, uh, we've got uh, Travis at an American Girl Cafe, which I guess is a thing. I wasn't really aware of this. Don't have kids, don't have daughters. So I have no reason to be aware of this or, or go to this. And that was kind of half the point of the sketch. Uh, uh, Travis is there as a guy by himself with two American Girl dolls. Yeah, I think, I mean, from what I gathered, it seems like a place in, uh, in like probably the Times Square area in New York where like they sell these American Girl dolls and it's like a little mm-hmm. cafe where you can have a, a nice little cafe dinner with your doll. And it's cute if you're, uh, you know, a little girl who's into having a little tea party cafe, you know, drinks with your doll. But if you're a right. uh, grown ass bearded man right. <laughs> wanting to have people have concerns mm. um, As we, we, for a good part of the sketch, Mike, he's just kind of. Trying to feel Travis out to see if his character is a pedophile. Yes, and uh, yeah, of course, checks under the table, make sure he didn't have an erection. Right. Uh, you know, as uh, you do. Heidi comes over and says, Hey, could you just please keep your hands on top of the table? Yeah, no, just a COVID thing we're doing. <laughs> a COVID thing. Um, so that's uh, some cute stuff. And he, he says, every once in a while, he says some remarkably odd things. <laughs> like, yeah. he, you know, what... One of his dolls has had her first period. Um, and she thinks she's a woman now. Yeah. And and uh, when he tries to join uh, a father and daughter, Keenan's there with his daughter and their American Girl doll. And he's he's trying to get a flirtation with his his doll and her boy doll. I didn't know they had boy American uh, Girl dolls. I didn't even know anything about American dolls like at all until this sketch. I... I I knew about them because there was a thing when, like, Conan O'Brien was on tour. He did a thing with Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, that's right. Her with his, her choice of two American Girl dolls. Oh. And, sh- and then he gave the other one to Flula Borg. I, I think they're a little like, um, like what the Cabbage Patch dolls were back in the day, the Cabbage Patch kids, where, like, each doll is individual and they each have their own story. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I do remember seeing that Conan. Thing. I know they come with like a little biography. Okay. You know, it's like, oh, this is you know, Katie Catchall, or you know, what whatever her name is. I don't know what sort of names they have. Right. Um, and then you know, and, and she was born in such and so, and she grew up here, and you know, and it, I guess it you know helps you have a little more a bit of an immersive fantasy or something. Okay. All right. That's that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's cute. That's cute. Um, uh, but, yeah. yeah, anyway, so like Travis, he takes his, his doll over to Keenan's table and, and he's saying weird things like, oh, don't worry, she's on the pill. Uh, yeah, and of course, everybody is very concerned. Uh, and of course, uh, they have De- De- uh, uh, Devin come out yeah. as uh, the security guard trying, you know, saying, hey, can you uh, go over there? That person's being a bit of a creeper. And of course, mm-hmm. uh, Devin goes over to uh, Sarah. Uh, Sherman, who's there with her daughter, who I thought for a minute, I thought Sarah was actually Chloe, but then like, I checked again, I was like, oh, that, no, that's the wig through, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, it's that Sarah in a blonde wig. And then, of yeah. course, uh, Devin goes up to Sarah, but like, hey, listen up, pervert! We're going... 
Yeah, and, and this is kind of what I was talking about before. Super abrupt ending. Yeah. Super abrupt and just seemed, I don't know. I thought the sketch was dragging a little bit, um, but wow, it, it ended so fast. It really did. Like, it just ended with the security guard yelling at, you know, somebody else instead of yeah. at the Travis and, Kelsey's. And it game. ended, and I was literally like, whoa, that's it? What? That's how we're, oh, okay, all right, well. You really didn't know how to end this thing, did you? <laughs> they, they really slammed the brakes on that thing. They really did. It was it was just odd. It was just it was startling how quickly this sketch ended. Um, yeah. So, something yeah. that amused me on the rewatch though was I noticed that the uh, the child actress playing Keenan's daughter looked so damn bored. <laughs> she <laughs> she could not have been more bored. It's like, kid, you're on national television. This don't. Well, I, you know, I always wonder when they have a, a sketch that requires them to use actual children, because, like, of course, the kids have to stay up for the live show, and I always oh. kind of wonder, like, what is it? You know, do you just like force the kids to nap early in the day so that they're awake enough for the show? Just give them a bunch of sugar; they'll be fine. <laughs> give them cool. and, and you know, they don't usually ask the kids to do much because yeah. uh, you don't want to put your your sketch in the hands of like. A six-year-old who might get nervous or something like that. That's right. Kid, but, listen, kid, you're anchoring the sketch, all right? So you right, better, right. You better so, show yeah, up. They don't, they don't usually have any dialogue or anything like that, but I just, I was very amused by how bored the kid with Keenan was. <laughs> the kid's like, I mean, she, she's just like stone-faced, man. I am so over this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but overall, I guess the sketch was all right. It, it didn't... Uh, I mean, it was... It had a lot of, it had the shock value and, you know, Travis was playing it well, I thought. He's playing it with a lot of conviction. I liked, uh, you know, I guess Mikey is the main other supporting player and he's just sort of the, the waiter getting increasingly disturbed by the stuff that Travis is saying. Uh, it, it worked okay. Like I said, I thought it dragged a little bit, but. Yeah, it was, it was definitely dragging in a few places and the abrupt ending was just. Yeah, the main thing oh, I needed was an ending. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Ooh, okay. Weird. Um, Very weird. And, and speaking of weird. <laughs> oh, here we go. Our, our, our next fellas, they, they've, got a, they've got a cornerstone on weird on SNL these days. Uh, it's Please Don't Destroy with a short called Self-Defense. Right. Of course, the PDD boys, Martin, John, and Ben. Yes. Uh, we, see, we see them, of course, in the office. Um, and it's writing night. I mean, <laughs> please don't destroy a sketch that starts with them in their office on writing night. Do go on. <laughs> Shouldn't they be writing? Uh, but yeah, like it, it sees we see them, like you know, asking their interns to get them coffee. Of course, the interns uh, text them back saying we don't get coffee for bitch boys. Yeah, and then they just feel like oh, everybody takes advantage of us. You know, no one respects us. We need to go to a self defense class right. and to build up our you know build up our self-esteem and our manliness. So right. and, they, and the instructor is played by Travis Kelsey as Kurt Lightning. Pretty cool name. I love that name. That's a great fucking name, man. Kurt Lightning. You know some shit's going to go down. Kurt Lightning! Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was Grease Lightning. There yeah, you go, like see? Song. Thank you, see? Because you, you said it like Travolta. Oh, okay, fine. See? I... See? Huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. All right, so Kurt Lightning, it, uh, he, he starts, <laughs> like, bringing the police to destroy guys up, and, you know, we get a lot of cutaways with stuntmen, like, going through furniture and taking falls, and... 
Yeah, exactly. Like I think at one point, like at four, I think uh, the first thing is he calls up John and said, John says, yeah. you know, I want you to you know, stand up for yourself, be a man. And right. he ends up just knocking John straight down to the floor. And Like for a good part of the sketch, they think that John is dead. And I honestly was kind of hoping that John would be dead for the rest of the sketch. I thought <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, nothing against John. I just thought it would be funny to have his, his character be dead. Right. But uh, yeah, but I mean, Kurt Lining, he, he says that, you know, he tries to pump up the boys. Like, yeah, you need to stand tall. I know you, you know, you had a lot, tough life ever since your dad left. It's mm-hmm. like, you're making stuff up that never happened. Right. And of course, it ends with uh, Kurt Lining punching Ben through a table. Right. And right. like him laying comatose on the floor. I mean, they did a very nice job with the cutaways and stuff. I mean, it. it it looked about as much as it could. Like it was really what the, the please don't destroy boys crashing through all that shit. Exactly. But then of course it gets even crazier when like, uh, Martin is the last one who's, uh, you know, conscious and mm-hmm. Kurt lightning tells him to punch out the old, that old, an old lady who's in the class with them. Yeah. Which somehow evolves into a Russian roulette game. <laughs> yeah. Because like Martin goes to punch her. She stops the punch. He's like, not today, bitch. And then he flips, she flips Martin over Martin's and a gun flies out of his his uh, clothes. Yeah, and then John's like, "You have a gun?" He's like, "Yes, I live in fear." Yeah, yeah. And then like she takes the gun, the revolver, dumps out the bullets, takes except for one bullet. Say, "Yeah, you want to play a game?" Puts one bullet in the chamber, spins it around, put clicks it to her head, uh, deer deer hunter style, and it turns into Russian roulette. Yep. It, it, it uh, yeah wow. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and then of course it, uh, after that, the the woman is about to attack John, but then Ben wakes up. She slams the old woman into a glass cabinet, <laughs> and and then suddenly everybody does a little slow clap, saying that they've done it. They've stood up for themselves. They stood up for each other, and they're rewarded with the interns giving them coffee, uh, which of course which they then pour on them. Yeah, after after uh, Kurt Lightning leg sweeps them all to the ground. Right, and I'm sure those those had to be genuine SNL interns. Yeah, I mean their acting wasn't. It was, it was... I was I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were not used to being on camera, apparently. So. Hey, John, we respect you now. <laughs> Look, I'm no actor either, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, that, that kid is not majoring in uh, acting, whatever college. A bit, a bit stiff, I suppose. A, a bit, yeah. a bit, <laughs> a bit. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but I but I enjoy this. I usually enjoy the stuff from the Police Don't Destroy Good Boys, uh, so. Yeah, I enjoy it. Dare I say Sketch of the Night. I, I really, I dug this one. Uh, could be Sketch of the Night for me. I'd, uh, there's maybe a, a couple other candidates. Ooh, uh, so right. I'll see. I'll, I'll maybe decide by the end of the podcast. Or maybe I won't. You just never know. Ooh, keeping you it never know. dangling that carrot. All I'm, right. I'm adding an element of suspense to the podcast here. It's wow. going to keep people listening. An air of mystery. Yes. Interesting. All right. Okay, so after that, let's go into our next sketch, Mama's Funeral. Mama's Funeral. The uh, sequel to Mama's House. Or Uh, Mama's Family. Yes, damn it, Mama's Family, that's what I meant, fuck. I fucked up the joke, all right, whatever. (laughs) Okay, I I thought you meant like Big Mama's House or something. Oh, I couldn't, ah, I should have said that, I should have said I meant that instead of, uh, whatever. 
Uh, I'm just fucking up all. If the you want to do another song, there's "Mama Said Knock You Out." Ooh. Uh, do you, you want to sing a, a few bars of that? Mm-hmm. I can say, "Oh, damn, Mama," the, the Tupac song. Okay. Uh, "Bad Mama Jama." All right. Of course. Uh, that's that's all I got. "Big Bad Mama," the the movie with uh, Angie Dickinson. Oh. Where she's like the, the the like a bank robber in the 20s, I think. "Big Bad Mama," that's called. Big Bad Mama, yes. Sounds like a black exploitation film. I'm surprised. I I don't think it was a black exploitation film. It was like mm-hmm. it was like this. She was a, playing a lady, and she had two daughters, and they robbed banks or something. And Robert Culp and William Shatner are in it. Wow. Okay. I, so I, in my mind, I think like the word "mama" was invented like in the 70s, like when when black people were like, "Hey, Fox and Mama." I, uh, all right, but then again, I don't know who was invented in the '70s. <laughs> I mean, it, it probably came into more popular use in the '70s. But then anyway. again, there's the mamas and the papas. That's the '60s. All right, well, we're going yes. down a rabbit hole here, people. See, you've already defeated your own argument. Yes, exactly. Okay. I've already debunked me. Right. So anyway, that's Mama's funeral, and uh, uh, Travis Kelsey is the big speaker at the funeral, and we quickly find out that he's like rigged up her dead body. Uh, this was a weird one. <laughs> this was a. I think I know what this was based off. I think. Oh, it was based off something. Okay. I think I, I do think I remember seeing somewhere like some people actually did this where they took the uh, the body of a loved one and like propped them up in a in a way to make you know as, as their fine as their final farewell. I think like somebody was dressed up as like kind of like a, a green pimp suit. Or well, that sounds like that. sane. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I remember seeing something like that on the interweb, so don't don't quote me on that. But yeah, this was this was an odd one because this like was said, an odd one. I mean, they've they've got her in like an oversized T-shirt, and I mean, it, I, this is one I'm almost at a loss to describe. Yeah, because yeah, so they're at the funeral. Uh, we see uh, Travis Kelsey as who was Mama's caretaker. Mama's played by uh, Ego. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was her caretaker and her lover. And he kind of implies that they hooked up. Yeah, no, he says it outright, not implies. He's like, yeah. Okay, we, okay. We were, we were, I was giving her this bone. And <laughs> like she, and she, uh, so he propped her up like in a, in a chair with yeah. sunglasses. And the family, of course, is weirded out by it because this is yeah. another entry in our long running series of sketches of, you know, people sitting somewhere and being like, there's a weird thing happening in front of us, and we're going to comment on the weirdness. That's, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with my, one of my issues with this. Cause, and this is something that they do later on during the show, where, uh-huh. like, the joke is them, you know, just basically stating what they see in front of them. Because, like, yeah. like, they have Ego smoking uh, Newport menthols, sunglasses with a, a bottle of Dr. Pepper and a Tweety uh, T-shirt. And yeah. of course, one of the jokes is like, I think Devin Mag Devin says, like, is she wearing a tweed T-shirt? Is she smoking a menthol? <laughs> like, we see she's doing this. Why are you, re- why are you repeating like the obvious? It's, I don't know. <laughs> they wanted to make sure that the costume department really got it. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, the only note I took on this sketch was uh, uh, Keenan at one point calls Travis's character Vanillasaurus Rex. That was yeah. amusing. Yeah. I, I was like, that's that's a clever turn of phrase. Yeah, that was a good that was a good little bit. Um, and then I think at one point Keenan, who's um, supposed to be Ego's son, says, "Yeah, like I miss my mom. She's a great mom. I can almost hear her talking now." And then we see that Travis had a speaker put into her body, connected to yeah. a pull string. 
So she just he just pulls the string and she says things like, "Oh, don't you be embarrassing me in front of these white people." Yeah, you're letting all the good air out. Yeah, and uh, and and, like, and then they like launch her out of the chair, and we we have a cutaway shot of her like flying, and it's just a weird sketch. Yeah, because like he put like hydraulics on her chair. Yeah, and of course Devin, uh, you know Devin Walker says, "Like, did you put hydraulics on my grip?" <laughs> it's like they're just constantly stating the what's happening. Yeah. It's just like that's not a joke. Uh-huh. You're just saying what you see. Yeah. And but I will admit Travis did have a good joke in there saying, "Hey guys, look, I spent three thousand dollars on this, and that is every penny that she had." Okay, all right, that's, yeah, that's something. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's a decent line. And uh, hey, look, it ate up nearly four minutes of airtime, and really, isn't that all we're asking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was a weird one. It's like I, I kind of see what they were doing, but I don't know. It, they, yeah, it, it it fell into the. More odd than funny category for me. Yeah, I would say so. Maybe it's the... and we'll have a few others in that category before the end of the show. Oh, we will. I mean, I don't know, maybe <laughs> the, the desecrating a dead body is kind of weird to me. But yeah, this this was more odd. Oh, not to me. Oh. I mean, that wasn't the weird part. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what you do on the weekends is what you do, man. Uh, all about <laughs> desecrating the dead body, son. <laughs> oh, God. Damn, homie. Uh, yeah, but this. This was weird. This was a. It was weird. It was weird. More weird than funny. Yeah, um, I mean, this is almost like a ten to one, actually. And I think. Yeah, it. yeah, it kind of, it kind of did feel like that. Um, something I found much more straightforward funny though was the next sketch, which was a pre-tape called "Straight Male Friend." Right. Oh, it shows uh, uh, Mama's Funeral, written by Gary Richardson, Ben Silva, Asha Ward. Ah, okay. Thought we'd already given those credits. So I think so. Sorry uh, for barreling on without that. Right. And uh, um, yeah, "Straight Male Friend," written by Streeter Seidel, Bone Yang. With an assist from Alex English. Oh, nice assist, Alex English. Nice. Nice. Way to I go. don't know what parts you wrote, but nice. Way to go, bro. Yeah. Fist bump. Boom. Uh, chest um, bump. Uh. Yeah. So this was uh, Bowen. Uh, he's talking about how, you know, as a gay man, he has a circle of uh, straight female friends, as a lot of gay men uh, tend to do. But, you know, sometimes it gets a little much because they, they have very in-depth conversations. They have very meaningful conversations. And some you sometimes you just want a low-effort, low-stakes relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's where you get a straight male friend. Yay! That's, Yay. Where, that's where we come in. That's where we come in. We as straight males. <laughs> where, and then we, we cut to Travis and he's just like sitting on the couch playing video games and not saying much of anything meaningful. Right. Men come with no emotional commitment, no financial investment. Uh, low, low effort, low stakes, no drama. Mm-hmm. I also like at the bottom of, uh, there's that one scene where if you look at the, the small text at the bottom. The scroll, yeah. Yeah. Uh, three or four male friends may result in a trip to Atlantic City. Yeah, that was great. I loved yeah. that. Made a point of writing that down. I, uh, and I say that as someone who has gone to Atlantic City on a whim with two other friends. On a whim. Ooh, look and, at that. Impulsive uh, Atlantic City trip. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. I think every Atlantic City trip I've ever gone on has been planned to some degree. So. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Look at you, big planner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, uh, but uh, this, this was very funny. I, I like this. It was a, a cute premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't overstay its welcome. It was, you know, a lot of a lot of good gags. Yeah, I like the, I like one gag. I know it's like when they went, they cut to them 
in a like a like a chicken wing uh, restaurant, and it's, mm-hmm. it's the wing pit. And like I think I'm pretty sure that's a nod to that pre-tape from the Pedro Pascal episode with the wing pit commercial. Oh wow! I didn't get the, uh, the connection. We're we're building like an SNL cinematic universe. That's right, <laughs> SNL CU. They're probably like we we have all these wing pit logos from a few weeks ago. You want to just use those? <laughs> yes, let's use those. Okay, and we got a lot of the wing props left over. It's, yes, they're like three week old wings at this point. Yeah, but it's all connected. God damn it, you're gonna eat them. <laughs> it's all connected. Exactly. You gotta throw a, a trash bag full of wing through your window. You're not in season. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, but no, this was this was very funny. Uh, well played. Didn't overstate its welcome. It's only like uh, two minutes, 50 seconds. So, you know, quick in and out. Boom. You know, maybe a little distracted by Bowen's large earring, but mm. that's my issue. That's you. That's that's on me. That's on me. Bowen, you wear whatever you want. Yeah. Do you do you. You do you. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I thought the sketch was pretty good. Um, you know, like you said, in and out pretty uh, quick. I like the last line. No straight, my, straight, straight men uh, available everywhere except therapy. Yeah, yeah. I also liked how he's he was talking about how uh, how with straight male friendships, it's like you can call them as much or as little as you want, and it doesn't change the friendship whatsoever. And Bowen at one point says, "Oh yeah, I'm moving to Europe for seven years," and and Travis just goes like, "Oh okay, cool. I'll see you when you get back." It really is like that. Like I haven't it really. Is. I have friends I haven't talked to in a while, but like I know yeah. if I just pick up the phone, they'll be like, "Hey, oh, hey, man, what's going on?" Like it won't, yeah. they won't be offended. It'll just be like, "We'll just pick right up." Yep. And I yep. like that. Yeah. And in some ways, being a straight guy is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> you heard him here, folks. John Trumbull, straight being a straight man is better than being a woman. That's what I heard. Not at all what I said, but we'll just move on. All right. Fine. Damn it. Uh. <laughs> So, you know, next uh, we have a we have a sketch about how women be crazy. Women, women be crazy, am I right? Am I right, uh, Joel? This is Abby, the ex-girlfriend. Uh, yes. Uh, this is Jimmy Fowley, Allison Gates, Sarah O'Sullivan. Oh, look at that. Okay. we And we have Heidi uh, at a bar. She runs into Travis and... He's her ex-boyfriend that we find out over the course of the sketch. They really only just went on one date together. Yeah, and um, yeah, so we find out that the according to her, she thinks that they're you know ex-boyfriend and girlfriend, but of course they only went on one date. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout the sketch, we find out that he has a, has a new girlfriend, or actually more a fiance, right? And um, of which of course causes Heidi to cry a crazy amount of tears because like apparently. She has like some little device hooked up to around her eye that literally squirts tears out of around yeah. her eyes like a like a super soaker. Yeah, it's a, a lot of work. I'm I'm thinking it must have been in her wig or something because like you don't see any sort of apparatus, but it, you know she obviously had something hooked up. Yeah, to her face that was just like so water's just bursting out and yeah. it had you know, her de- face is soaked within seconds. Yeah, it's definitely in the wig. I think at one point you see she has to like kind of squeeze her eyes or like. Like uh-huh. press press down on something to like activate. Oh yeah, she was like going into her eyes with her thumbs. Yeah. yeah, she had to like activate it somehow or something like that. And yeah, so it's just like she's just crying a crazy amount, but she's yeah, trying to play it because Travis did that himself towards the end of the sketch. Yeah, um, I think with Travis, like the thing was in his hands, or I don't know. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah. So as she learned more and more about Travis and her new his new 
fiance and the things that they're doing. Like she has the dream job she wants. She cries more. Uh, she's pregnant. She cries more. They're moving to New Orleans. She's always wanted to live in New Orleans. She cries more and more. It's just mm-hmm. her trying to play it off like she's not crying, but she's totally like soaking everything everywhere with her tears. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah. Uh, towards the end, we find out that she has a new boyfriend, and it's a it's another cameo from brother Jason. Yes, and then so, uh, we see Travis. That was nice. That was cute. Yeah, and then Travis like, oh, you're dating him, and then Travis starts to cry crazily. Right. Um. Right. Mm, yeah, I, d- I just thought this was okay. This is one of those sketches where, you know, after you have the initial uh, shock or surprise of the, the tear thing, that's pretty much it. I mean, it just kind of repeats that. And, and you know, and that's fine. It's I mean, it was funny to see her face all soaked, but it didn't have a lot of big laughs for me. Yeah, it really didn't, uh, didn't really have the big laughs I wanted. Like, it's like you said, it's basically the, the tear squirting out of her face, and that's really it that's the tear thing is doing all the heavy lifting in this yeah yeah i mean it's just kind of like hey let's build a sketch around this funny visual and god damn it you did yeah i mean it seems i think that's the thing about a a few of these sketches where it's they just kind of have the funny visual and they build the entire sketch around that right they don't put too much into i mean you could say that about a mama's funeral which is kind of the same thing where it's just this Mm -hmm. weird visual of a dead woman you know, smoking menthols in a in a beach chair or whatever, and like right, right. that's supposed to be enough to carry the sketch, and it's not. It's really not quite. So yeah, I thought the sketch was a little pretty lacking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't it didn't really rise above okay for me. So yeah, same. All right. Well, next, uh, let's move on to our musical guest for the week, uh, Ms. Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah, or as she's known in these streets, Kelsey Ballerini. What? Ah, ah, ah. Uh, okay. No, I, I was just trying to trying to be hip. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to support you more? Or was I supposed to be like all hype man? It would have been nice, John. It would okay, have been right. nice. All right. Yeah. Cue me up again. No, no. I don't want you to do it anymore. Okay. Kelsey Ballerini. Oh, we're silly. Uh, so, yeah, so, um, she did two performances. The first one was called, uh, Blindsided. Blindsided. It's sort of a country twangy kind of thing. Yeah, definitely country pop. Yeah. Um, I thought it was okay, the first song. I thought the first song was kind of eh. I liked your second number, Penthouse, a lot more. Yes. Uh, that was that was more of a ballad thing, and I, I really appreciated her voice on that one. She's She's got a pretty great voice. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. The first one kind of sounded, I mean, I don't want to say basic, but it sounded pretty it sounded like a song you'd hear at the mall or yeah, like heard, you heard it here first folks darren thinks kelsey ballerini is a basic bitch i didn't say the bitch part but i did say the other thing. But, but we all heard it i mean it was implied yeah read between the lines yeah uh but yeah no, i mean it sounds like you know american idol type of music like stuff you hear at, you know stuff you kind of hear you know at, yeah. at target or whatever yeah, not not entirely my thing, but I, I like I like the second song Penthouse a lot more. I, I yeah. thought, okay, that's pretty good. Penthouse I did like a lot more because it's uh, it's more yeah. stripped down. Um, you know, it's just her and the piano. It's just a little bit more acoustic, and you do get to hear like she she does have some pipes. So it's like, oh, okay, yep. that's pretty nice. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, I, that's all I wrote. I really didn't have anything more else to say. So you know, so yeah, all right. Uh, Darren thinks basic bitch. Yep. Uh, we're not going to resolve that here, so let's just move on to weekend update. That's right. Shall we? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Uh, weekend update. Uh, let's see. Uh, hosted by Colin Jost and Michael Che. Michael, ooh, switching it up with Jost and Che. Che. Hey. Uh, yeah. Jost and Che. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Jost and Che. Uh, what, what, what jokes tickled your fancy in this weekend update, Darren? Uh, let me see. I, uh, I liked a few of them. I'm assuming your fancies got tickled at some point. Fancies were tickled. Things were, uh, th- well, I did like uh, the joke about, this, you probably like this one too, about how they're like uh, rewriting the uh, James Bond books. So, uh, um, yeah, well, they did, they did have a joke about that. And yeah, the joke they had, like they're, they're, revising the James Bond books a bit to kind of clean up some of the uh, bits that haven't aged that well. So it's, uh, Ian Fleming had some racist shit in some of the Bond books. What? Well, probably all the Bond books, honestly. Um, and and their joke on SNL was that the name Pussy Galore will now be Cooter Aplenty. Um, that, I don't know what, it's a childish joke, I will admit that, but damn it if I didn't chuckle. It's a, it's a I, I love the name Cooter or Plenty. That's great. I, I just was like, well, that's not really what they're doing. So I kind of had problems with the joke on mm. on like the accuracy front because. No, I get it. I get it. Because like, I mean, look, I talked about this on uh, uh, Facebook and I think on Twitter, too, was uh, there's literally a chapter in Live and Let Die where Ian Fleming titled the chapter N-Word Heaven. Jesus Christ! Yeah. What, are you serious? Okay, yeah. Apparently you didn't make that Google. When, <laughs> I did, <laughs> not, I did yeah. not. This is the yeah. first time hearing Holy hell. No, yeah, it's, it's uh, James Bond and Felix Leiter go to Harlem. They go to a jazz club. And the chapter, I think it's chapter five, is literally titled N-Word Heaven. Oh. No. So, so, and, you know, also, like, there's, there's occasional, like, there'll be, like, a little, uh, not really a rant, but sort of a thing about broad assumptions about races. <laughs> oh, dear. Like in Live and Let Die, he's, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the black people are due to have their own supervillain now. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? Da-da, 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 da-da. Are you writing these in the 1800s? Oh, my God. <laughs> in the 1850s instead of the 1950s? What the hell, Ian Fleming? Double-O racist. Um, so, so uh, you know, I see what they're doing with the Bond books. Uh, you know, it seems like I, I don't know how extensive the changes are, and you know, it's fine. And and you know, honestly, I feel like it's more about marketing the books to a, a potential new audience than anything else. I can see that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, uh, but I, hey, I do like the name Cooter Plenty. It's I mean, just yeah. I I also liked uh, how they were talking about how with like the Oscars and other award ceremonies, they're talking about. Uh, not calling it best actor and best actress anymore. Mm. Um, and instead it's going to be best actor and best actor who got paid less. Damn. Uh, solid joke. Solid joke. Uh, I like Che's joke about how uh, a man is going to, in I guess Missouri or something like that, is going to turn a jail into an Airbnb, which will be, right. the, be the first jail to not accept blacks. A lot, of, a lot of racial stuff in this update, I thought. Yeah, why is it going to be about race? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there, of course, we're talking about the whole Dilbert thing, where Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, he uh, he said some racist shit. 
Yeah, um, who saw that? Apparently, like, people have kind of known this. Like, well, anyone who's been paying remote attention to Scott Adams for at least the last decade. Really? I have not. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Like, I mean, apparently it's, like, just known that he was, like, a Trump supporter and he was just saying some really... Yeah, I was probably maybe a little more tuned into this because I have a cartooning background, but yeah, no, he's he's been a piece of shit for a long time. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's that, that was really... It's just becoming more widely known. That's all that's happened. That's all that's happened here. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, after he said his racist shit, uh, like, a lot of uh, the newspapers took, took away Dilbert, and I think he lost, yeah. like, 80% of his income due to it. And, Good. Uh, yeah. And, uh... Um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure the man is still set for life if he was at all smart with his money, so... His hope I he wasn't. It's really hurting him, and, yeah. and now he's probably got a whole new career as... You know, gets to complain about how he's been canceled. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, now we can uh, tap into that MAGA market. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get speaking engagements up the wazoo. Ugh. Yuck. Of him saying heinous things and people agreeing with the heinous things. And yay! Yeah. Uh, Hooray! Um, yeah, USA. But I I did like the, uh, the joke about Peanuts. Uh, oops, all Franklin. Which, you know, Franklin is... <laughs> I think the one black character in Peanuts. I think he's still like the one black kid. He, he's the only. Yeah, we, 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 the, the black community. Where we keep tabs on him. Yeah, he's the only one. He's, okay, he's our one. I mean, I feel like we probably missed the window to introduce more black characters into Peanuts, but with Charles Schultz being dead and all. I, yeah, I think I think we're done with that. <laughs> yeah, we missed yeah. that train. Damn it! I think the odds are low. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, he brought in Franklin either in the late sixties or sometime in the seventies. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, so you know, he was he was woke, I guess. He was trying. He was trying. Know, it was it was good for its day. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it helped. It was all right. Yeah. You know. Um, I did think it was really weird how they made a few jokes about Dilbert, and then they they move on. They do like a half a dozen other jokes about other things, and then they go into a desk segment where Michael Longfellow appears as Dilbert, and I'm like, why? Did you change the subject and then go back to Dilbert? I I thought that was just very weird structurally. That was a little weird. I'm not sure why they kind of did it like that. It, yeah, it would have made I, it more... would have been a much more natural lead-in if you know they did those Dilbert jokes and then they were like, "Here with more to comment on this story is Dilbert." Yeah, that that's weird. I'm not sure, quite sure they had they to kind of segue into it again, and I'm like, "What? Well, why are you doing that? Why are you segging into it twice?" Yeah, um, I also did like how. Uh, well, since we're going to talk about the, the first death segment where uh, Michael, yeah. Michael Longfellow comes out dressed as Dilbert in a mm-hmm. pretty solid costume. I'll, I'll, I'll Very impressive makeup job. The SNL makeup department did a hell of a job making an actual human being look like Dilbert. Right, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I like, I like how Che introduced him by saying, you know, talking about Scott Adams saying uh, his statement was like, white people need to get the hell away from black people. And then Che said, oh, you know, off the record, he has a point. And here to talk more. <laughs> I love I love Che's little asides. I mean, they're so damn funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we have uh, Michael Longfellow coming out as Dilbert. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about Scott Adams, talking uh-huh. about how we know that most cartoonists are weird, but racist weird? Let's just say I didn't see that memo. Uh, yeah, can't... Uh, this- Speaking of somebody who's gone to cartooning school, uh, can confirm. Yeah, most yeah. cartoonists are weird. Not racist weird. Right. But I liked yeah. how he said, let's just say I didn't see that memo. No response from the audience. The joke just died. Perfect Dilbert joke and totally died. That kind of warmed my heart <laughs> that they wrote something as unfunny as Dilbert. I don't know if that was intentional, but it it worked on a meta level. 
It was pretty <laughs> Yeah. Just seeing jokes die. As a comedian, seeing people bomb is just... It does warm the cockles of our hearts because our we're horrible, heart. horrible people. Yep. Uh, and I like how later he just goes on the... He, he says, like, my hair is skin, Michael. <laughs> yeah. And then somehow he goes into, a race war is coming, Michael. Yeah, he, he goes into, like, talking about how he... Like uh, took a day off or a wellness day, and he got read. He right. start reading a uh, Karl Marx and Stokely Carmichael, and he talks yeah. about how how a race war is coming and how he's ready to paint the city uh, with the blood of the white man. <laughs> yep, I was like, where is this going? Yeah, that that took a turn. So yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, and it was a race war. Um, which which side are you taking in that, Darren? By the way, oh, I don't know if I could say on this podcast. Okay, I didn't. I I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just want to. I just want to plan ahead. Uh, you know, it's like a trip to Atlantic City, only more so. Yeah, the government's tapping my phones, John. I can't talk. Okay, to radio, okay. You know? Just wondering. Just wondering. Yeah. Uh, the, okay. You know. Well, I guess we'll have. We'll now have the surprise of finding out. <laughs> You'll find out on the day. <laughs> That's something to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> surprise. Now I'm looking forward to the race war for a different reason. <laughs> oh, mark your calendars. Uh, what can, what date? Uh, I can't tell you that either. Damn. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, Damn it. But, uh, I'd fall into my trap, but okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ultimately I kind of like this sketch. I th- it was very, uh, it was kind of odd and weird, but like the energy that Longfellow... It, it was nicely absurd. The Dilbert thing was such a, a funny visual. I mean, the the makeup department really knocked themselves out on this. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I think Longfellow's just kind of laid back, casual kind of delivery. I don't know. I, I kind of it, it was it was kind of perfect for for Dilbert, and yeah, it made the stuff all the funnier. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, hearing hearing somebody just talk casually about a race war is coming. You know, that's that's just comedy right there. Right. Uh, this one written by Longfellow, Gary Richardson, and Will Steven. Nice job, gents. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Uh, we also had another desk segment. This was uh, Punky Johnson and Mikey Day. Not a pairing we see a lot of. Not at all. No, no. I don't no. think we've ever seen this pairing before. But they're talking about their Oscar predictions. But it just <laughs> we find out they don't really have any Oscar predictions because the thing is. Punky is constantly getting the names of celebrities wrong. Yeah, so we find out that uh, you know because they're not play, they're not playing any characters; they're actually themselves. Right. We find out that yeah, Punky, is somebody who works in entertainment and sees celebrities all the time, can does not know the name of many uh, celebrities. Pretty much any celebrity, and 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 Mikey is assuring us all the way through. Uh, this is true. This is true. Uh, Rick Bernstein is apparently Bruce Springsteen, the guy with the jeans. Yeah, and uh, she called Tony Hawk, uh, Tony Hawkins, right. to his face. Yes, because they are both they are both white men with wheels. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I, I loved her justification. Yeah, with with Bruce Springsteen, she was like, "Look, Bruce Springsteen wasn't big in my house, so <laughs> so sue a bitch." <laughs> exactly. I, I loved how unrepentant she was. Um, and you know what I. I remember years ago at one of my old jobs, um, I think it, I, I think they were doing some sort of giveaway or something, and it was tickets to an Eagles concert. Uh-huh. And one of my coworkers, who was African American, had never heard of the Eagles. I I can understand that. Like, yeah, I mean, at at the time, at, or at first, when I heard that, it kind of blew me away. But you know, it's not not a lot of black people are listening to the Eagles, and also she was like 
pretty young. She probably she's probably still in her twenties. That yeah, that so, makes sense. I mean, like so I, I was like, okay, you know, that when I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, why would she know the Eagles? Yeah, you know? like unless a, you're listening to like the classic rock stations, you're yeah. not going to come across them a whole. Exactly. I mean, like I'm a music nerd, so like I knew I knew about like the Eagles and every all those other right. bands and the bands that came sort of that were sort of before my time. So for, can you give us a little Desperado? Desperado. Why don't you come to your senses? <coughs> Outriding fences. Riding fences? Damn it. All right. Outriding fences. All right. I, it's not, all right. I, I don't know the rest of the word. No, no. I, I enjoyed what you gave us. Let somebody love you. That's the big I, one. I was putting you on the spot, and you 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 delivered, sir. See, I can do, I can't tell you why, but like, right. this broader, right. it's, 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 it's not my register, sir. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I nearly asked for I can't tell you why, but I, I wanted to mix it up a little bit. Um, life, life in the fast lane. Um, we also find out uh, Anne Hathaway is in Punky's world, Claire Blankenship. Right. <laughs> and she's like, but seriously, put the picture back up. Tell me she doesn't look like a Claire. Because <laughs> yeah. like we play a game where they, they mention celebrities' names who Punky thought they were, and we show them who they actually. We, yeah, we try to guess who who they actually are from the Punky name. Um, yeah, and Zoe Deschanel is not uh, Zoe Deschanel, but Zoe Kravitz, who was apparently hosting the show when Punky made this error. Jesus. Uh, and, and then the kicker is, of course, she knows who Patrick Dempsey is because you know, yeah, he's. He's Dr. Derek from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was a pretty charming uh, little segment. I mean, it, very endearing. I love it when we see things that kind of give us a glimpse of what their off-camera relationship must be like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the way they're just genuinely cracking up and they're just... I mean, it, it was just so much fun. This might have been my my sketch of the night. Ooh, this is this is one of the candidates, at least. Okay, fair enough. This also... This kind of reminded me... Have you ever seen this... this um? segment that was on like funnier die called uh, under a rock with tignataro yes it did remind me of that yeah. uh, where where tignataro the great uh, stand-up comedian and and actor uh yeah she is another person her, her thing is she hasn't heard of a lot of celebrities so they have these celebrities actually come on and tig tries to guess who they are and they are like well-known people like she had Kaylee Cuoco from the Big Bang Theory on. Yeah, she had like Tony Shalhoub on, and he, she didn't know she, who he was. She had uh, Julie Bowen from Modern Family. The, uh, Wolfgang Puck was on, I yeah. think. And like, why? unfortunately, it was kind of discontinued uh, because of the pandemic, and, and they haven't really gotten back to it. Yeah. But it was so much fun. It was fun to see like Wyclef come on, and then her slowly starting to figure out, oh, that's... Right. Uh, yeah, you know, and the people on the show give her clues and stuff, and the right. guest gives them clues, and then yeah. it's like, "Oh, you're Wyclef Sean, hey, right, right." And it's and it's kind of funny because like most of these people are so well known, they probably can't go outside without getting hassled to some degree. And like, I think Joe, Julie Bowen and and uh, uh, Kaylee Cuoco in particular found it kind of refreshing to be with somebody who had no idea who they were. Yeah. Like you'd think, like they might be, you know, people might be insulted by that. Like you don't know yeah. who I am, but like some, but like you know, some celebrities are like, oh yeah, no, that's that's fine if you don't know who I am. That's yeah. Actually so cool. so check out Under a Rock with Tignataro. There's at least half a dozen episodes yeah. on YouTube still. Very funny stuff. I I remember Julie Bowen saying like, any celebrity who has like too big of an ego should like come on here and be put back into place. Pretty good. It's pretty 
pretty good. Um, but yeah, so this this had the same sort of vibe. It was a lot of fun. I love to see them revisit this. Absolutely, same. This was very funny, and and just like. Mikey and Punky are such a fun offbeat duo. I want to. I want to see more of that dynamic. I would not. I did not see that coming. That's it's a very yeah. interesting, interesting pairing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them paired up before on much of anything. So that that was fun. You know, it's it's fun when we get like new cast combos. Absolutely. And uh, and uh, lastly, we had another segment that I've missed. Uh, Sarah news. Yes. Sarah Sarah Sherman coming on to do the Sarah news. Uh, she hasn't done this at all this season. Hasn't done this like last season, I think. Yeah, it's been a while, and uh, apparently they said it's going to be her birthday in a few days. So this is Sarah Sherman uh, Sarah news birthday. They said in three days. So if I'm doing the math correctly, I believe her birthday will be on Tuesday. Oh, all right. So uh, go get her something, guys. Get her maybe get her Chloe's bed. Who knows. Okay, uh, Darren, you're calling back to something that we talked about before oh. we started recording. Oh, fuck. So now I had to explain that. Uh, oh, okay. I mentioned to Darren when we were talking about, oh, is there any SNL news we should cover? I said, well, I noticed on Instagram that Chloe Finewood was selling her bed. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and she was like, oh, well, you know, yeah, contact me if you want to if you want to buy my old bed. I really thought we said that on the air. All right. Well. I know, but we were recording, but we hadn't officially started the show yet. So maybe, maybe now uh, Frank will put that at the end of this episode or something. I don't know, but I'll I'll leave it up to you, Frank. You you do with it what you will. <laughs> yeah. So so just so you get that reference, Chloe Feynman is apparently selling her bet on on Instagram. So if that is a thing you want to buy, that apparently is the thing you can buy. Okay. I don't know if she's found a buyer yet. Have at it, boys. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sarah News. Sarah News, uh, where, you know, basically she's giving uh, her little segments. Colin just has a comment, and then she turns it around to be a big anti-Colin story. Yeah, like I, I mean, I normally do like Sarah News. But this one, I kind of felt kind of like she was kind of going through the motions. It, it kind of... It was know. a little weaker than the past segments. I will give yeah. it that. Yeah, um, I was... I was amused by it, but I didn't find it as fall down funny as I did before. Yeah, it's kind of kind of going through the same beats as before. Like, oh, she says something, puts down Colin, you know, puts mm-hmm. down Colin, says something weird, puts down Colin, uh, says something sexual. And it, it's kind of just kind of rinsing and repeating kind of the same. Has before. it run its course for you? Not quite, but it it feels like it might be getting there. This just in, Darren Patterson thinks Sarah Snooze has been run into the ground. You had that one ready to go, didn't you? I, I kind of thought of it a second or two before, but yeah. I, I, I respect that. I respect yeah. Applaud you, sir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, her saying things like, um, oh, like how she's turning 30, or as Colin yeah. calls it, 15 years too old. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Colin's shocked, like, hey, my family watches this show. Uh, you know, I think. Oh, she also said something about. Oh, that's not true. Yeah, no one, no one's not even Scarlet. Come on. <laughs> oh, ouch! I'm sorry, I'm joked. I keyed, I keyed. <laughs> uh, of course, she talks about um how uh Peacock airs episodes of Columbo with uh Peter Falk. Yeah, and she goes on this little uh, tangent about how hot Peter Falk is. Yeah, which I gotta love. Uh, and like, oh, maybe he could solve the mystery of my sopping wet chair. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> that's that's graphic. That's <laughs> my stars. Uh, I will say though that uh, uh, Peter Falk uh, 
he was married to like a much younger woman, a very attractive blonde. So Peter Falk had some game, folks. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Yep. yep. But uh, and uh, yeah, uh, check out Columbo on Peacock. I mean, come on. Absolutely. What do you, you like? Poker Face. Watch it. Watch yourself some Columbo. Yeah, I think I will. I don't think I, have I ever seen Columbo. I may not have. You haven't seen Columbo? I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to bring this up here in the middle, but I don't. Oh, holy shit, dude. You got to see some Columbo. All right. All right. I'll watch Columbo. I'm, no, no, no. Darren, I'm not mad. I, 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 I maybe feel a little sorry for you, but I'm also so excited. You get to you get to see Columbo for the first time, dude. <laughs> okay. I mean, how many episodes are there? This might take a while. This... Well, there are a lot because uh, like they did they did it in the 70s. And then he came back and did it in the 80s. And I think he continued those movies into like the 90s or maybe even the early 2000s. Uh, but the 70s episodes are what you want to see. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, it's good stuff. I'll put this on. Like, okay. Like, g- give me a cool celebrity who is like a, a celebrity in the 70s. Celebrity in the 70s. Uh, Charo. Okay. There is not a Columbo episode with Charo. Damn it. <laughs> don't, don't go as obscure as Charo. Uh, McLean Stevenson. I don't think there's a Columbo with McLean Stevenson. Okay, you are really bad at this game. <laughs> two for two. Um, there, there are Columbo episodes with with Robert Culp, with uh, Robert Vaughn, with William Shatner, uh, with uh, who else? Patrick McGowan from The Prisoner. Elliot Gould. I don't think there's one with Elliot Gould. But he would have been fun. Um, Jack three. Cassidy. Jack Cassidy popped up a lot. Uh, Can- um, Candace Bergen. No. Strike four. No. Right. You are you are batting a thousand at naming people who are never on Columbo. You told me to name any celebrities from the seventies. I named four. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I cast too wide of a net. That's on me. All right. Uh, See, that's that's your fault. But I'm I'm going to recommend some Columbo episodes for you. Please, and, uh, please do. Steve Martin. Uh, yeah, it's a very fun show because like it's it's you you watch Poker Face right, and I understand Poker Face is kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, I like Poker Face. I, quite I haven't gotten to Poker Face yet, but like Poker Face, like you know who the murderer is at the beginning, right? Yes. Okay, so that's that's Columbo's basic thing. So it's it's all about we see, you know, we we meet the murderer first. They come on, uh, we see them commit the murder. We see how they commit the murder and how they're covering their tracks. And then Columbo comes on to investigate. Mm. And so th- the suspense comes from how is he going to catch the person? How is he going to trip the person up? Mm, okay. And it's so much fun because it's basically just like this cat and mouse game with Columbo meshed with with the person. And it's so satisfying when you you finally see him caught. And Columbo is such a great character. Okay, all right. I guess I, so, I got some homework. I'm, I'm going to recommend some Columbo episodes is, to you. This is exciting. I can't wait. To see. This is going to be fun. Yeah, they're yeah. they're like an hour and a half. Some are like uh, like two hours. So I'll, I'll you know I'll call like a little mini movie. It was the NBC mystery movie. I'll call in sick tomorrow. But they're yeah no 100. So you call in sick with the case of Columbo. <laughs> I'm down with the Columbos. I'm so excited you get to watch Columbo now. Yay! Yay! As, as one of my as one of my friends says, you you're one of today's lucky ten thousand. Hooray! All right. When 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 somebody gets to discover something new that's really cool, you're one of the lucky ten thousand, and you're you're one of today's lucky ten thousand. Hooray! I've got the golden ticket. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Oh, I'm so tickled by this. You win, Charlie. <laughs> You win, Charlie. <laughs> Chocolate factory is yours. If you want to see paradise. Oh, is right. is Gene is Gene Wilder in episode Columbo? Oh, that would have been an awesome Columbo. No, Gene, no Gene Wilder in Columbo. God damn it! See, I keep naming these God. celebrities and not in Columbo. I like I said, you are really, really good at naming people who are never on Columbo. I have a gift, but. 
Maybe I'll just send you a list of people, and you can tell me who you really like out of that bunch, and I can. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Done. Maybe I'll do that. Done. And Leslie done. Nielsen pops up in a couple episodes. He's Ooh. he's not the killer, but. Ooh. Yeah. I dug. Yeah. Right, now we're cooking. Anyway, okay, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, back okay. to SNL people. <laughs> weekend right. update. Uh, yeah, so a uh, weekend update. Uh, not bad. Pretty good. A uh, decent weekend update. I liked. I mean, I think the the Punky and Mikey segment was the clear standout. Uh, but but Dilbert was pretty good. Sarah News, a, a shade or two below what they've done in the past. But I. I'd like to see that come back. Right. Absolutely. And uh, at the end of weekend update, we get a title card with uh, John Head. Uh, who uh, recently passed? He he was a part of the talent acquisition team for SNL back in the day. He um, was, I think, he was like at, there at the beginning. He's like responsible for sort of, wow. sort of bringing together the original cast and uh, and whatnot. And uh, that's amazing. Know, yeah, so he's uh, he's passed, and you know, of course, just wanted to give a bit of a tip of that to him. So uh, R.I.P. Yeah, John. Yeah. No, thank thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. All right. So next, moving on. With the SNL, um, we got a sketch called Family Meeting. Uh, yeah, written by Dan Bulla. Dan Bulla. Oh, just solo. That's, yeah. That's kind of unusual. So, so solo oh, joint. Yeah. Yeah. So we got we got a family's kids gathering together. We've got we got Chloe. We've got uh, Devin and uh, Marcella. Marcella. Uh, Marcello. And then the parents are Ego. And uh, James Austin Johnson. If this seems like an unlikely family to you, don't worry. They they cover it in like the second verse of the song. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're basically breaking the news of the mom sleeping with another guy, and then the the father sitting in the corner watching in song. Yeah. Um, I mean, James Austin Johnson has a nice singing voice. He has he's kind of <laughs> singing in this nice uh, like Michael McDonald type of. Yeah, yeah, I, very, very chance sweet freedom vibes. Yeah, oh. chance sweet freedom. You are the magic. You're right where I wanna be. Oh, that song rocks so hard. Our, our running scared episode still available. Still, by the way, still up there, folks. If you want to, still up there. We talk about that music video. Yes, just at a at almost a too too much of a length. Some would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people say that about our podcast in general. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's them singing to their kids saying that, you know, the mother is now sleeping with this other guy. Uh, They're in a thruple. Yes, his name is uh, Sucre Wolodowski. Right. And he's cool with it. He watches in the corner. And then, of course, they cut to um, Travis, who plays Sucre, who's... Uh, playing Streets of Rage 2. Yeah. And uh, he's a felon who, you know, explores their mom's body like Magellan. And we get the spelling of his name, which yes. I'm, I'm sure people were curious about. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. yeah. Odd sketch. Odd sketch. I mean, I, I liked when the kids were like, wait, we don't understand. And then the parents go on a tangent about like, oh, no, well, when we conceived you, Devin, uh, mom, Ego was on top. And when we conceived you, Chloe, uh, dad was on top. And when we conceived you, Marcelo, uh, we were like... Uh, on our sides. On our sides, yeah. Yeah. And they are like, that's not how that works. Yeah, that is something that though was interesting. Because like when they said that they were like Ego and JJ's kids, and they're like, oh, yeah. that's... 
Devin, Chloe, and Marcelo. That's uh, it's a weird combo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and but then um, Sucre bring called attention to it. It's like, hey, how are the three of you their kids? And yeah. then sort of have a weird answer for that. I did like the one joke where they say where they talk about the well, what happened to your grandkids' college fund? Nothing happened to that first, and then and then they say, well, we explain it in the song, and yeah. uh, that just is just a guitar solo by yeah. James Austin Johnson, and then ends with um, Ego saying, "And the money's all gone now." Right, and then he's like, "But what did you think of the guitar solo, kids?" Um, this was an odd one. It was an odd one. It was another in the more odd than funny character. But, but it did have some laughs. It, it was okay. Yeah, like, I mean, again, they do this thing, like what I talked about before, where they just kind of repeat what they see. And it's like, you, like your name is Sucre Wolodowski? You're going to... So they just repeated what they saw? Yeah, they did. They repeated what they saw. Like, oh, you're you're playing Streets of Rage too? Like, it's... So he was playing Streets of Rage 2? And his name is Sucre Wolodowski. So his name was Sucre Wolodowski. And he's playing Streets of Rage 2. He's playing Streets of Rage 2. So you're so you're mom, you're sleeping with Sucre Wolodowski? So you're saying you didn't like the repetition in the sketch? Yes, I'm saying I didn't like the repetition in this sketch. Huh. Huh. But you know, JJ's cool with it. Yeah, and it wasn't it was a bitching guitar solo. It was pretty rad. I will give him that. Um I wonder if that was James Johnson actually doing it or is that like one of the guitarists in the band? I don't know. I wasn't looking closely enough to yeah. tell. Because I looked at the like when he was playing it, it kinda looked like he was actually playing it. So I was like, Can can James play guitar? I was like, hmm. I don't know. Let's look into I don't know. That's a good question. Um so yeah, I, odd, but it, there were still laughs to be had for me. Right. So And uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to write home about it, but uh, this was an enjoyable way to pass the time, I thought. Yeah, and uh, from that we go into uh, Garrett from Hinge. Garrett from Hinge. Uh, speaking of odd. Oh. This one. Whoa. Ooh. What? What's going on here? I, uh, this was all over the place. We got Heidi and Travis as a couple in bed together. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay, he's the guy that she's hooked up with from Hinge. Uh, yeah, and we find out that actually he's not like they're like they, they they've known each other for a while, and they just hook up whenever he's in town. And then she right. said, "Well, I'm you know, I'm, you know, I've been looking forward to this. I even like you know blew off a guy I was supposed to meet up with on Hinge, right? And that guy, uh, Garrett, Is just Bowen, but yeah, who comes in, just walks into her apartment, <laughs> walks into her bedroom, yeah, or, as you do, as you do. Uh, you know, he has like a bowl haircut." A Stewie Griffin T-shirt, and right. So I mean, he looks like a catch. Yeah, just uh, five stars. Just... Sex on a stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm... yeah, he's he's like very outraged that he was kept waiting at the restaurant by himself. Bocacinos. Yeah, um, and then we we find out over the course of the sketch he's open to being a thruple. Yeah, the, Which, yeah, I thought it was weird that we have the second sketch in a row with mention of being a thruple. Yeah, um, like was tonight's SNL brought to you by thruples? I, it might have been. I don't know what they. It might have been. Those those SNL writers are a kinky bunch. This this was very very random. Uh, definitely more weird than funny for me. Yeah. This honestly felt to me like they were writing it as they were performing it. It really did. It, it, at one point, he goes into the bathroom and he tries to calm himself down, saying that he. 
like, calm down, Garrett. You can't kill them. Whatever right. happens, you can't kill them. And then, he, yeah, like you said, he says he's okay with a thruple. Then he tries to give her a foot rub. Then yeah. he... Which seems to be genuinely cracking up Heidi. So I'm wondering how much that was scripted or... Uh, yeah, that might have been... And then he tells him to take a COVID test because, like, there's, right. there's a pandemic, which, of course, then Heidi says, did he say a pandemic? And it's like, oh, he... Just, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Darren's temples started to throb. It's it's such a pet peeve of mine. Like I do not like it when they do that. It's just like it's such a pet peeve of yours. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So you find it annoying. I find okay. it annoying. And at one point, he's posing like uh, Stewie Griffith does on his T-shirt, and yeah. you know he says, "Can you stop posing like Stewie grief like Stewie Griffin on your T-shirt?" And it's just, uh, yeah, this was so odd. I can't, I'm even having a hard time, like, describing yeah, no, this. No, this is one I just kind of gave up taking notes on because I was like, this is impossible to summarize. You did a better job than I would have. Yeah, but it's just. It, it's so random. It's so weird. It's so, yeah, more weird than funny. But yeah, I guess they seem to be having a good time doing it. So hey, that's great. I'd like to have a good time watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a weird one. A weird, I mean, even even for like you know, for getting towards the end of the show, even for the last half hour of the show, this was weird. Very very bizarre. Like it's yeah. I was like, what is this? And I was just mm, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it was a miss for me. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. This was kind of a misfire for me too. Okay. Um, lastly, we have our final sketch of the night: too hot to handle. Yeah, too cold to hold. They call the Ghostbusters and they're in control. Oh, oh, you went Bobby Brown. Yeah, yep, yep, you know it. Uh, what was the name of that song? Uh, on Our Own. Off Ghostbusters. On Our Own, that was it. Ghost, that was it. Ghostbusters okay. 2, listen to our episode. It's still available. No, that, was gonna, that was gonna drive me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you can sleep at night. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Yes, now I can get to sleep tonight. Uh, so apparently this is like a based on a real dating show? Uh, where I, yeah, I looked it up. So this is um, like a British-American our reality show, uh, according to okay. so this is Wikipedia's premise of it. Like couples go to an island and they can't show any physical affection for each other. Right. Uh, the show is hosted by a cone-shaped virtual assistant named Lana. The show revolves around that. Seems like a great choice, right there. Yeah. I mean, already I'm on board. <laughs> Where are we gonna get to host this thing? How about this robot? <laughs> uh, the show revolves around a group of adults, all of who primarily engage in meaningless flings and are, under, and are unable to form long-lasting relationships, who are placed together in a house for four weeks. When they arrive, the contestants believe they are on a totally different series and are surprised when it's revealed that they are on Too Hot to Handle. While, oh, well, that's going to work out yeah, well. While there, they, <laughs> while there, the contestants must go through various workshops, all while being forbidden from any kissing, sexual contact, or self-gratification. The idea behind this is to foster genuine connections between the participants. The contestants start with a $100,000 grand prize that gets reduced any time a rule is broken. Can, can they, like, even hold hands? Um, I don't know. May, like, maybe. That's not really, like... You can't really, like... I mean, that's physical affection, but it's, like, very low-key. Yeah, that's, you can't get your nuts off uh, holding hands, can you? I mean, unless you've got like other stuff going on, I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is that? Like mean? in your life, I mean. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I think... No, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's weird. So it's a weird show. They're parodying this weird show. Yeah. And, yeah. and Travis and Chloe are a couple. Yeah, and like basically it's all of them talking about how they can't... They're all, you know, bound together by, you know, they all want to win the money, so they haven't had any, right. you know, sexual contact. And then the little uh, Alexa machine in the middle is like, oh, no. The coon thing is saying, like, oh, no, people have broken the rules, so you've lost this amount of money. Yeah, and they find out that it's Travis has been hooking up with uh, Chloe, who's this uh, who, uh, Glenn Bechamel, Bechamel, and she's like this kind of weird, I guess, you know, classically unattractive woman with big hair and... The joke is basically no one can believe that he's breaking the rules to hook up with this odd woman. Yeah. And that's that's really it. That's really it. It's just three minutes of confusion. It's like, you're hooking up with her? What? There's weird things going on? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then they all have, like, really weird bad accents, like the type of accents I do on this podcast. And, you know, it's like. You, know, you do bad accents I, on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, I do a bad accent on this podcast. Wow, that was really bad. <laughs> that was, wow, even by Darren's standards, that was bad. I swear, wow. They were doing accents like that in the sketch, all right? I'm just, yeah, I'm just, no. I'm just being, you know, correct here. Uh, you know, and of course, it's Chloe saying, yeah, sorry, guys, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I guess they say, you are what you eat. I guess that means I'm a Rodney's ass. So it's like, oh, all right. Yeah, it was. It just felt like uh, Chloe had this weird character she wanted to do, and let's find some odd context to put her in. And yeah, yeah didn't didn't do much for me. Yeah, I mean, it sort of reminded me. Of, remember that pre-tape uh, on the Phoebe Waller Bridge episode, where it's like uh, like the UK you know reality show type of thing. It kind of reminded had vibes of that, but yeah, this one would just seem kind of aimless, really. Yeah, it's just like once you see the premise, it just kind of repeat that over and over again and don't really go anywhere with it. There's no real escalation and it's just, just, just ends. Yeah, weird meandering sketch, just kind of emper- ending with a whimper instead of a bang. Yeah, just puttering out. And uh, that one was yep. written by uh, Rosebud Baker, Chloe Feynman, Jake Nordwin, Sierra O'Sullivan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, uh, and Garrett from Hinge was written by Jimmy Fowley, the uh, Please Don't Destroy Boys, and Bo and Yang. If you say so. I still say they were making it up as they were. <laughs> but okay. Uh, yeah. and uh, I, I've seen improv scenes that are better structured than that. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, so, yeah. So that was it for the show. Uh, no Andrews, Mukes, or Molly tonight. Like, at all. Uh I'm trying to think. Uh, I saw them during the good nights, and I was like, I think this is the first time I've seen either one of those tonight. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Molly wasn't anywhere. Yeah. This mukes, I mean, this Molly is being very underserved lately. Yeah, like I thought she had a bit of a breakout Nick. moment in that um, was like uh, that pre-tape where like the the newbies get to talk, and like, I mean, that was great. I loved the thing they did with uh, Please Don't Destroy, where. Molly ended up as like having some political office. So I think she was, uh, they were governor. Um, yeah, that was great. It, it just seemed that was great. Um, I mean, haven't gotten to see too many opportunities for Molly to shine in sketches though, especially lately. Yeah. And I'm getting a little worried about them. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, I hope this isn't just, uh, 
like a Melissa Villasenor thing all over again or Aristotle thing all over again. Well, uh, Molly could do worse than a Melissa Villasenor thing because Melissa Villasenor was on the show for quite a while. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or uh, maybe not. Maybe, uh, I don't know, Lauren Holt. Like, I just, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But even Lauren Holt didn't get that much. He even got less than Molly, which is a bummer. Yeah, I, I just like to see more of Molly. I mean, I, I love seeing Andrew uh, pop up and stuff. I'm not worried about Andrew. Yeah, I mean, Andrew was in the uh, Cut for Time pre-tape, so that's something. He was. He was. Uh, and that gives us a, a good transition into talking about it. The uh, Cut for Time pre-tape was called NFL Gives Back. Do we have writing credits for this one, Darren? Uh, shit. I think I clicked it off. I'll look it up. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, until we get writing credits for this, we're just going to assume that this spontaneously uh, came out of the ether. It just it just emerged fully formed from Zeus's forehead, like the goddess Athena. So, okay, uh, yeah, I don't, I can't see to find the writing credits. Okay, well, like we said, this sketch wrote itself. Yes. Um, as we said, it was called NFL Gives Back, and it's NFL players. They're offering a service to women whose boyfriends are physically unable to pick them up. Uh, yeah. Because women get a kick out of that. Yes, women, women like to feel tiny and be lifted up by big, big, burly men. Yeah. Uh, I can see how that would be fun. I can see the appeal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so we... I mean, that's not something I have in my life, but uh, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and continuing our theme with uh, Mikey Day getting cucked, we see Mikey Day... And, uh, Getting cooked. <laughs> yeah, as like you know, Mikey Day and uh, Heidi are a couple, and they're making out. She wants uh, him to lift her up. He's unable to do it because he's a uh, he's a wimpy man. And of mm-hmm. course, then we have he's playing a wimpy man. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. let's be let's let's clarify. Yeah. I'm sure Mikey Day stud. Yes, exactly. So then, of course, and he, and he can he can lift all you bitches. Yeah, damn, homie. I right. <laughs> yeah. So then, of course, we have Travis Kelsey lift. Uh, uh, Heidi up in the air, like a like a like a pretty yeah. little princess, and and cameos from several other NFL yeah. uh, players, like uh, his brother Jason, yes, exactly. and other people I didn't recognize, but I assume I was supposed to. I was a sports fan. Yeah, uh, the other one well, I'll look up, but yeah, it was another football uh, playing man. Oh yeah, please look it up. Will do. <laughs> look it up because that we've had such great results with that. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I liked this sketch. I thought it was a pretty strong sketch. I enjoyed it. I, I wish it had ended up in the show. Yeah, I liked how they said uh, that one little thing where they talk about how you may be eligible for this service if your boyfriend is a comedy writer or yes. adult Legoist or yes. uh, loves Andor or has traveled to see John Mulaney. Yeah. <laughs> I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> that last one got me. I was like, okay. yeah, yeah. Even John, uh, even John Mulaney is like, "Yep, that's true." That's they got me. <laughs> I have a demographic. <laughs> uh, Wimpy guys like me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I liked this sketch quite a bit. I really wish they kept it in. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was it was funny stuff. It was funny stuff. You know, also we, I mean, we had the funny visual of just the the big burly guys picking up the women and. The women are obviously getting a kick out of it. Yeah, yeah. We see them actually. You know, it, is, it is fun. Yeah, we see yeah. them uh, pick up Chloe, see them pick up yeah. uh, Ego. Yeah, women women like that shit. I, I think Heidi gets picked up at one point. I, can, I, don't, think, I don't think there was any picking up of Sarah. Uh, no. I feel I, like she missed out on the picking yeah, up. Yeah, I can see Heidi really liking that because, like, as we said before, Heidi is a huge fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, like, for her. So glad that sentence ended the way it did. Um, Why? What is it? <laughs> 
You said Heidi is a huge, and then you paused. So I was like, I, oh, where are we going? Where are we going? I didn't realize I did that. I was just taking a breath. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was an ill-timed breath, my Sorry. Heidi. <laughs> She's a huge fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, whew, okay. Yes. That's oh, okay. Right. That was a roller coaster. Yeah, Justin Gardner, if you're listening, your sister's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So, like, for her to be lifted by... A player on her favorite team. I'm sure she. Uh, uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of the Kansas City Chiefs connection. But yeah, that must have been been a kick. Yeah, absolutely. And really, who doesn't want a nice piggyback ride every once? Yeah, in a while? I'd love. To, I mean, I'm a big honking man, but I'd love to be have a little piggyback ride from somebody. Yeah, and unfortunately, Andre the Giant is dead, so yeah. we don't have many options. Ugh. Anybody want a peanut? Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so that was the show. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts about it overall? Very mixed bag overall. Uh, you know, things I definitely liked. I, I thought the monologue was good. Uh, I enjoyed the Please Don't Destroy sketch as usual. Um, the, what else? What else? I, I, like the, I like the Dilbert. I like the NFL goes back. I think I'm going to have to go for sketch of the night, though, the, the Mikey and Punky. Uh, segment on update because that that just that just tickled my funny bone the most. Okay, yeah, I'd say that that was I thought that was pretty great. I did like the Dilbert. I think my sketch it might be the please don't destroy. I definitely think the first half was stronger than the second. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, stuff before update. Yeah, like anything after update, it was really uh, oof. Oh, and and straight male friend, I liked quite. Oh a bit yeah, too. that's true. I'll give I'll give that, that. That was that was good. And uh, you know, American Girl Cafe. I like to tell the abrupt ending. That's that's my only real criticism of that. I thought it was well played and well written, and production design was good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. like tour, up till up till the end. It was like, all right, we could have. But you know, very mixed bag. A lot of ups and downs. Uh, Creed Humphrey. That's the other football player in the NFL gets back sketch. Oh, you're making that up. I'm not. I swear to God, it's Creed Humphrey. That's a real name of a real person. It is not. Creed Humphrey. That's what I'm telling you. It is not. It is not. I believe there's a Creed Humphrey when uh, he comes over to my apartment and gives me a piggyback ride. That That is the only circumstance I will believe there's a Creed Humphrey, sir. Creed Humphrey, if you're listening to this podcast, and I know you are, go yeah. over to John Trumple's house in New Jersey and you give him a piggyback ride so you can prove me right and prove him wrong. But, but, uh, but like email first? Yeah. Just don't just show up. That's that's weird. Yeah, don't it's, show- it's 2023. Nobody wants unexpected visitors. Yeah, don't show up in the middle of the night being like, um, I'm here to give you a piggyback ride. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, that's no good. They'll probably call the cops on you. Yeah, most likely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's- Should we see what the people thought? Let's see what the people thought. What did, what did the people say? All right. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Uh, first, our friend uh, Boardman gets paid. Who I I was told this week is not actually from England. What? That that's that's somebody else. Oh. Or I'm. Yes, that's right. It's Mikey with two E's who is from England right. because the extra E is for England. That is my new mnemonic device to remember this. I like it. Yes. Okay. So Boardman gets paid. Says hello from the corner. I personally loved this episode as a sports fan and as someone who had Travis Kelsey on their fantasy team. I wish the NFL goose sketch was part of the actual show. I, I, I think he means the NFL goes back sketch. Yeah. Uh, you could tell he was a little bit nervous, but he warmed up. Love you guys. Aww. And he gives a little peace sign emoji. Aww. 
Oh, thank you, Boardman. We love you too, Boardman. We, we always love hearing from you. We, we love you too, even though I don't remember where you're from. Yeah, uh, let's talk to English Mike. Eng Mikey with two E's. He thought... Mikey with two E's. The extra E is for English. Yes. <laughs> thought it was an average episode. Some good stuff and some not so great. A lot of the sketches seem to have little or no ending at all. Uh, like we've been saying, yes. Even if the premise was decent. Uh, cold open and monologue were okay, I guess. And as always, we can update is the headliner for me. Pleased to see Sarah more also. Yeah, nice to see Sarah. Always nice to, you know, and I, I I love to see her pop up on update again. I just thought this wasn't as strong as the previous Sarah News segment. Yeah, it really wasn't. Uh, let's see, my friend Scott Hume, who's at uh, MNS Hume on Twitter, he says, weird that at least half of update was cast members making fun of other cast members, though. First, Ego was the butt of jokes, and then Colin. Uh, I was fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm generally always fine with Colin Jost being the butt of jokes. And Absolutely. I, and I love that he's a good sport enough to let them yeah. do that as often. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, he's a, he's a well-paid uh, celebrity with a uh, attractive uh, wife. So you can, yeah. we, we can, at the very least, we can make a little fun of him. He's not hurting. Oh, I think I read Scott's comments out of order. They're appearing out of order on my feed. Uh, so he, he also said, better than the last few episodes, the tear machine not working on the one sketch was funnier than the actual sketch. American Girl and Straight Male Friend were highlights for us. Okay. So, Fair enough. Okay. And so that was that was him saying the nice stuff and then, then coming in with a little criticism on the updates. Okay. So, sorry I read that out of order, Scott. Yeah, no worries. And uh, Jacob at Jake362. It was okay, better than last week's, but still forgettable. Bum, Ooh. Bum that I didn't enjoy Sarah News as much. I usually love her digs at Colin, but I think it needed more to keep it from feeling stale. Another yeah. episode with lack of good endings. I wish Steve Castillo was still with the show. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Not bad. Not bad. Well, yeah. So it seems like a bit of a mixed bag with uh, the SNL nerds listeners as well. So. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it seems like a, they, they, for the most part, it seems that they agree with us. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you know, that's, that's nice. You can, you can have your own opinions, of course, though. Yes. Um, so if you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at SNL nerds show. You can also follow our individual pages uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Trumbull comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L -L, and then the word comic. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. Whew, that was a ride. Mm -hmm. That was a ride. Uh, so next week, uh, SNL's back with another new episode. This time they're going to have Jenna Ortega and the 1975. Yes, Jenna Ortega is the hot new actress out here out here in these streets. She's, she's in the Wednesday show. She's in the new Scream movie. She's... Uh, uh, she, done other things. She, uh, I think she's like a Disney kid, or she came up in the Disney shows. There you go. That's why I haven't heard uh, of her until now. Yeah, she was on a few episodes that I, of that Netflix show, You. Uh, I've heard of the show You, and I don't know much about it. I don't think I heard of it until like Chris D'Elia was mm, getting canceled. Oh so yeah, it, it has a it has a following. It's pretty popular, but I I don't yeah. really watch it. But uh, but yeah, like uh, with uh that Wednesday show, like that's the show that. Jenna Ortega really blew up on like recently. Yeah, like she's yeah. kind of everywhere now. So yeah, this is, yeah, uh, she she's the it girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is uh, SNL just booking the it girl and just really. Did you see? Uh, she was she was on a I think it was on the SAG Awards. She was presenting with Aubrey Plaza. Yes, that was great. And that was that was so funny. It was like I don't know why we're paired up together. And then you know, and they're both they're both just masters of deadpan. 
and then they were like saying in unison oh yeah we should track down the people who booked us and then and like and do this and they're saying it's very funny yeah it's, it's a very i think it kind of went viral like i've seen a lot on yeah on the tiktoks and the twitters and whatnot but uh, yeah they're, Bloody they're, i mean Bloody they're i mean they're practically sisters if you look at them yeah i mean they've got a, a similar enough look and yeah it worked yeah, um, absolutely yeah, and it's weird that yeah, because like usually that that little banter part they do before they present the award is, yeah, people kind of forget about it. It's very it's always very forgettable. So to have a part, yeah, I mean, there's it's a precarious thing. Yeah, a lot of times they're not uh, written terribly well. Yeah, yeah. So to have something that really like resonates with people and like goes viral, that's like wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, General Ortega next episode with uh, the 1975. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to it. So, and hopefully you're looking forward to it too. So, and we hope you'll see you, see you then. So, uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, nerd out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.